Internet outrage has destroyed the way we communicate. Everyone's angry, everyone's canceled, and nobody is allowed to think for themselves. So we're here to fix that. Welcome to Subtweet This. What's going on, everyone? My name is Gothics, and welcome back to another episode of Subtweet This. We have an amazing guest for you today. I reacted to one of his music videos. I plan on doing it more often. Topher, how are you doing, friend? Fantastic. That's I feel awesome. good. You know, I woke up and I feel good. You know, it's a great day to be a white supremacist. You know, just just Yo. amazing. You know, so uh, <laughs> nah, I'm doing good. How's everybody else doing? We're doing good. We're doing good. And of course, we're joined back by our two lovely co-hosts. Go ahead and introduce yourself. <laughs> What's up, everybody? It's Saul, co-host of this lovely show. Hey, it's I, Della. And I feel a little left out because um, everybody's wearing a hoodie and I'm not. So I feel like I need <laughs> I, to put on a hoodie. You need to borrow one? I got you, bro. I'm, like, you gotta I'm like, not <laughs> lacking at all. It's a big Yo, collection. You, yeah. <laughs> all right. But, um. So it's great yeah. to have you on the show, Tom. Oh, wait, you, I don't know. Wait, who's <laughs> You're mad awkward, Della. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing anymore. Uh, Might well go ahead and name him Krim Della Krim because he. Uh, oh, come he, on. He about to do this thing. You got, every, you got every other name. That's a new one. Oh, my God. Oh, man. Okay. All right. Let's get down to business. Let's get down. The first part of the show is always a train wreck. I love it. All right, Tover. So. I want to know first question for you how long have you been making music and was this something that you always wanted to do i've been making music for 20 years so Ow. i started Whoa. when i was 10. yeah i remember writing my first rhyme and i remember rapping in church back when it was not popular so of course you were 10 everybody's like good job yeah. son. <laughs> and i was like that was super whack when i look back on it but hey you know those little moments of encouragement is very important you know to developing that that talent and the youth so i appreciate that but um you know my dad's a blues singer and blues blues guitarist he's been playing you know 50 years plus and um so it's kind of been in my blood and they try to make me play guitar but i hated it i actually played piano a little bit but uh yeah i just i heard eminem was i think eminem was the main person that inspired me to become a rapper I like the way he expressed his, you know, life, although it may have been very graphic. Right. Um, especially when it came to, you know, him and his mom and, and you know, relationship with um his wife and, and daughter and everybody. So I was like, man, this dude is uh giving me life because it's it's almost it, it was the first time I feel like that I was able to see somebody vent their frustrations. Cause you know, growing up poor, growing up single parent household. Growing up with domestic abuse around you all day, growing up with alcoholism going throughout the house. I mean, it's not the most exciting place to be. So when I heard him express things, it kind of made me feel better. So I wanted to do the same thing to, you know, kind of lift my spirit. So it's kind of how I started. That's awesome. Right. I'm going to put a pin on that because I'm actually surprised that, you know, Eminem was one of the first that you started listening to. So I'm gonna I'm gonna circle back to that. Someone someone's gonna <laughs> watch this podcast. They're gonna watch or listen to this and be like, "Of course he's a white supremacist. Of course he listened to the white man rap before the black man." That was appropriate. You you know how people do the the what is it called? Uh, mental gymnastics because yeah, yep. I do yep. think it was kind of dope that Nessa did the circle back. That was, that yeah, was I know, right? Yeah, I'm yeah, gonna come back to this. Or go nice back. 
Got it. So around what age did you, would you say that you were like, okay, this is what I want to do like for good? Uh, early, like my first recording ever, I was 15 and my cousin, he was a rapper. I don't know. Remember, I don't know if you remember bone crusher at all. When I'm outside. Yeah, of the club. Yes, yes, yes. That's your cousin. <laughs> No, no. I was uh, say. Apparently, my cousin wrote that song or had a song like that, and Bone Crusher stole it. So it was a whole beef going on. But anyway, um, my cousin had a studio up in Jackson at the mall, so he he brought us up, and it was like my 16th birthday, so he brought us up to record. And I remember going to Hooters that day, so that was really nice. But you know the, man, <laughs> but we ended up going to the mall and recorded. And I had a song called "You Ain't Hurt," and it was very harsh. But uh, it was back then we had to kind of record the song all the way through. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I recorded the song all the way through. He didn't really care. He was just trying to get me recorded. So it was nice, right? And then from there, I was like, okay, I want to keep this thing going. And eventually I started investing in my own equipment to do my own stuff because I just to do it myself because I realized that it's very expensive if you're going to a studio and having a professional engineer. So me and my buddy, uh, Mario, we decided to just start investing. And in, I think around... I was recording myself around 17, but it was in college that I was like, yeah, I got to do this for life. I quit right before I joined the military because I felt like I I didn't have the success I thought I should have because I feel like I was super talented. But a lot of the music I made was not for the South, per se, or for Mississippi, at least, because, um, you know, I got different influences. I, I go all the way from um, Coldplay to, you know, Aerosmith. I take you all the way down, you know, it's just all across the board. So you can kind of hear that in my music when I was doing it back then. And it just wasn't picking up. And of course, social media wasn't a thing. So I didn't have any, I, w- I had no way to reach a different audience except going and traveling places. And that wasn't a thing either because I didn't have any money. So I gave up and then we had to do a an about me. So in my, in the military, I was a cryptologic language analyst. So I spoke Hebrew. And one of my things we had to do was introduce ourselves about what we did in our background and I played some songs with my classmates and they did the the sideways, you know, look at me and said, hey, you're good. Why are you in the military? I was like, that's good to y'all because I'm used <laughs> to not getting good. Right. Because, you know, these are white people. Right. I'm going to be real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. White people. What branch? What branch of military are you in? I was Air Force. Oh, you were Chair Force? Force? No wonder. Yeah, That's yeah, no pirate. wonder. You know, I was I was around a bunch of nerds, so they they felt great. I'm be real. Like, if you're a cryptologic language analyst, you tend to be a little bit on the the, the nerdy side. You got to have a brain. Trust. You got to have a brain. Right. To join the Air Force, you got to have a brain. Overall, I, I was Army. You, so, uh, yeah, because yeah. you think I got a brain? Yeah. <laughs> I, That's the fuck. <laughs> oh, all right, Dale. Don't put yourself down like that, man. Not while wow, I did. I did chemical warfare, so uh, I guess I gotta uh, have some kind of brain. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, if you did that, you know, I guess. But um, <laughs> so we did that, <laughs> and my teacher saw that, and she kind of encouraged me to pick it back up. So I was very re- reluctant, but we had a language a day, which we had to perform in our language. For the audience, we invite the public to come in onto base. And so for Hebrew, they decided to do a song and then they wanted me to rap because there are some Israeli rappers out there. So I ended up rapping in Hebrew. And that was the first time ever anybody ever rapped in their language anyway. But it was the first time I rapped in a long time. And I saw the crowd just get lit, but they didn't understand a word I was saying. I said, <laughs> if, I can, if I can move a crowd and they don't even know what I'm saying, imagine what I can do if I actually put you know my thoughts into it, my words into it. So I got back into it, and thank God I didn't give up. You know, well, thank God I picked it back up because I did give up. You know, 
So, so you're fluent. You're fluent in Hebrew now, like because of like, are you? What other languages are you like? No, proficient uh, in. That's it. I, I just knew Hebrew and you know ebonics. You know, just. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to ask more about um your inspiration with music, which. Which is awesome because I'm a huge Eminem fan too. And what I really like is just how raw he is. You can just see the emotion within his music. Would you say you got attracted more to music because it was just one of the best ways that you could express yourself? Because you can clearly see Eminem express himself completely in that. Would you say that was one of your favorite mediums in which you could do that? Absolutely. You know, once again, it's it's also something that I feel like you can do for free, you know. Um, you can write songs for free. Um, you can perform. A lot of times you can go perform for free uh, for the most part. But, you know, it, it's also another way I felt like I could connect with others because it's hard for me to articulate my thoughts just straightforward. So having an interview, I, I probably can't get out everything that I really, truly want. And I can't really do it in a way that I feel that is that gives it justice. So music allows me that opportunity to kind of focus and, and put it in a great perspective so others can kind of relate and understand. And that's what made the Patriots so amazing to me is because I that's what I did. I literally thought about others when I wrote that song and how everybody was feeling all the emotions leading up to the election and what we saw. And I said, hey, we need, let me put this into a song and it, it took off. So uh, that's just one of the beauties of, of being an artist you know, music is a universal language. So anytime I can reach people, like I said, I'm reaching people in Sweden and, and Scotland now. And just like, they just like, what's up? And like, I love your music. I'm like, huh? Like, y'all even listen to, yeah, listen that's, to that's wild. Like that, you know, that's wild. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's been very encouraging and inspirational. You know, I've, I've had people now, uh, DM me at least twice a day, say their children love my songs and they are inspired to become rappers now. Like, That's you know, it's awesome. just, you know, I'm not just inspiring others and, and, you know, making things relatable to others, but also inspiring the next generation. So, you know, whatever it is, whatever they end up being, hopefully, you know, not some of these other people out here, but, you know, it would be cool to have some young Tophers out there or some young, young, you know, Marine rappers or something like that. But bring yeah. about unity, which it should yeah. be doing. Yeah. yeah. That's a great song, by the way, I have to add. Um, so you, you mentioned that a lot of kids listen to your music and it's inspiring them to be rappers. And, um, it's interesting because as black people, uh, we, we must know that the number one career within black culture seems to sometimes be rapping. Uh, and I get this impression that a lot of people are not as receptive to uh, the type of rap that you do, uh, whereas they give more attention to the hip hop that promotes gang violence or or promiscuity and stuff like that. Um, why do you think that is? Why do you think like someone of your type of content isn't valued as much as what we've been used to? I believe hip hop has kind of always been that rebellious type of music. So um, when people listen to it, they don't expect to hear their parents if that makes sense right then they don't expect to hear somebody telling them hey you should do good in school right you should, right. Go, you should stay keep your job you should not go around sleep around because there's stds out there they don't want to hear that they want to hear somebody that's going to give in you know at least feed their, their lustful behaviors and their those mysterious adventures that they want to go on that's what they want to hear and uh unfortunately we, we see that in a lot of different things so not just music um so movies we have movies that you know feed that uh thirst so it, it is what it is but at the same time 
you know, it, it boils down to the parents and what you feed your kids. You know, um, my mama could have stopped me from listening to Eminem, but she she didn't, thank God. Though. Um, <laughs> but she did prevent me from doing other things, right? It's one thing to feed your kid Eminem and then let them just be free kneeling and run around do what they want. But my mom was like strict. I used to get mad at her. I was like, mom, I'm a man. <laughs> let, me, let me go to this dance. <laughs> you know, let me let me go over here. It's it's it begins at seven. It'd be done at nine. Why won't you let me go? I, my mom won't let me go anywhere. But you know, I look back and say I understand why. You know, especially with being a single parent, uh, you don't have that help, and you know, you just try to do the best you can to get them to high school until they get old enough and develop that you know accountability, that sense about themselves to know uh, when something's dangerous for them and how or the impact of their decisions. So. Now, shout out to my mom. You know, she raised the king, so I appreciate that. I want to know, like, the music that you put out when you when you went the direction that you did, did you expect to have the kind of, like, you know, effect on people that it would have, especially during the time of election? And did you feel like, did you expect to also have this whole backlash? So you had a positive effect on those who understood your message, and then you had the, the effect of people who were just saying, oh, you're... Your 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 uh, Uncle Tom, because you're you're rapping for this, you know. You know, you know what I'm saying? I'm sorry, I might be questioning no, no. wording it wrongly. I, I got you, bro. I'm filling in the blanks, man. That's what I do. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but no, uh, I felt like I knew. Of course, I knew there's gonna be backlash, right? I'm pretty sure you guys get the same way. I'm. I know God thinks understands, but you know, just speaking from a different perspective, or at least offering an alternative to what people have been bred, or at least not bred or conditioned to believe. Um, it's very rough, you know, cognitive dissonance is a thing and people just can't give that up because once you tell somebody they're responsible for something, then they can no longer use, I can't do something because of somebody else as an excuse. That means they got to put in hard work and they don't want to just believe that the reason why Topher is successful is because I put in hard work. <laughs> like they, they don't want that. They, they want to believe Topher is successful because he's, he's given in to white supremacism and, and, and white acceptance. So that's why he's successful. Not because, you know, he invested, he didn't go out partying. He invested thousands of dollars into his home equipment. He spent thousand hours on YouTube, learning how to record uh, social media and graphic design skills. So they don't want to hear that. Right. That That's not why it's hope for successful. It's because of the, you know, my acceptance that I get, but um, I knew something was going to happen, but I, I won't say I knew the impact of the Patriots. Like I knew, I wanted to kind of capture the feelings, but every time someone listens to that song, especially when it first was released, re was released, everyone kept commenting that they were in tears. Like I I've written music, but I never had that type of reaction where everyone's like, I got chills. I mean, from male, female, didn't matter. Black, white, is that whoever heard the song was like, I got tears, I got chills. Um, I don't even know what to say, just thank you. That's when I finally realized, dang, you know. I I I got some skills, you know. I got the, the board good, you know. Let me <laughs> let me pat myself on the back. But because of that, you know, I, I also I wanted to capture the times. And anything with marketing is always about what's going on, right? If you if you want to sell something and be really successful at it, then yeah, take advantage of the situations going on. So I won't say I, you know I knew that going forward, but yeah, I, I never expected it to hit number one on Billboard. I mean, once again, I'm from Kilmichael, Mississippi. I didn't have that many followers. Most people knew me for political commentary anyway. Um, but then when they found out I did music, which is kind of weird because Topher Town music is my handle, and it's, it's been my handle for the longest <laughs> ever since I've been on social media. And everyone's like, "Wait, you do music?" I'm like, "Yeah." <laughs> 
it's kind of there. You know, I don't really push it, and because I I never been a person just shove it down your throat. But um, just uh, digress real quick. The reason why I started focusing more on music is because I realized, or I started noticing more and more people that were conservative, specifically, you know, minorities coming out and being bold and speaking on political content versus when I first started. When I started, nobody was doing it. Like it was like it was like me and somebody else, and that was it. Like we were the face of you know conservatism on TikTok for months. So now we got you know hundreds more people. So I don't. Re- it's not necessarily um, important for me to do it, but I realized that music is something I'm super um, equipped for and something unique that not many people can do. So why not you know focus my energy there to help the movement on that end? So that's why I told people I'm pivoting. Don't think I'm giving up speaking on my politics. I'm still going to incorporate that into my music. But, you know, I just had to focus more on this side because I felt like that's more of my calling anyway. That's what I've been trying to do for 20 years. Where did the political commentary come into play? Because you're you you're huge on TikTok and I was on TikTok very briefly and it is a dumpster fire. <laughs> uh, so how yeah, did you start? What really possessed you now. to go on there? <laughs> Help me understand. I thought Twitter was toxic, but wow. TikTok <laughs> is terrible. I kind of got drugged into it. You know, uh, I'm uh, one of the things I tell people is what's your purpose in life, right? I always tell people what, what you love to do or what you're naturally gifted to do is one sign. And the second sign is what you can't stand, right? I can't stand to see misinformation. Like, I cannot stand it. So to me, one purpose in my life is to help solve misinformation uh, or at least resolve it. So that's what my duties were. And I saw consciously, I'm pretty sure you know, ran into him and, and that guy, you know, whatever. But um, we, I saw him make a video about the food stamp. I think it was 20, the 2019 Trump administration was making some changes to, uh, you know, uh, SNAP benefits. And he was trying to make it seem like it was going to kick kids off of it, which once again, clearly stated that it was not kicking kids off. I think the only people it was kicking off were people that could work, well, no, not disabled, but could work um, under the age or between the ages 18 and 50, I think 40 or something like that, and had no kids. Those were the people that, you know, they was going to try to kick you off or not really give it to you, be really strict with. And so I, I made that correction. And when I made the correction, I had like maybe 12 people comment. I was like, man, this is the most comments I ever got. They, I guess they like this content, right? It's serious. So we're talking 12 comments. 12. He's like, 12. Damn, this is <laughs> like the most. Like, dang, you know, I don't mean coming to, up. you know, going <laughs> up on him. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> I mean, you go back and look. I always, I keep it up there just as a reference. But man, it was like 12. And so I did it again because people like my experience, the way I, I talked about it. But it was pretty horrible because. You know, I didn't understand TikTok at all. So I didn't do like the hold the finger zoom in. I didn't do like the pause. So it was just a straight video of me messing up. It was horrible. But it was the beginning. And um, someone responded to that, another race baiter. And so I responded to what he said. And then pretty much that's how I started. And then I just kept going from there. And then I started and I thought to myself, I was like, I have to do this because if you have people on here who's telling everybody else, you know, that, you know, black people can't do this, you can't do that, we're oppressed and things like that. All I'm hearing the same talking points I heard when I was in high school, when I was in grade school, 
is that one of three of us going to go to jail. They never tell why we go to jail. <laughs> it's just, you're, just, you're going to jail because you're black. Oh, okay. All right. I, I haven't been to jail, guys. Just because, you know, <laughs> I've, I've never been to jail. It's funny, right? It's feel like you had to commit a crime. But that's, you know, that's another story. Anyway, so I was like, I, I want to provide something that I wasn't gifted the opportunity of. And that's, you know, an alternative. Like, we never had conservative speakers come to my school. No one told us anything. All this information I, I'm discovering is still new to me. So it's kind of like, OK, let me let me put this out here because people need to hear this side. And that's kind of how I started my red pill moment. I know somebody's going to ask this in a minute, but it was the Mike Brown situation. So I was all like, yeah, they shooting black people. What's wrong with them? That guy was what, 17, 17, something like that. Hands up. Why would they shoot an unarmed man? That's messed up. And then the news come out, say, well, it was a strong arm robbery and he beat the police officer, at least was fighting for his gun. And he wasn't shot, you know, and I was like, wait a minute, wait, what? We had this whole movement of celebrities and, and media and campaigns, hands up, don't shoot. And that wasn't even what happened. I'll tell you this. I hate I hate feeling dumb, right? Because I, I feel passionate about things. And when injustice is, is happening, I, I, I hate to see it. And so I was all gung-ho. And then I found out it was all false. And I was like, nope, I'm not trusting the media again. I'm not trusting celebrities just because they're celebrities. Uh, so I started doing more research, more research I did. I was like, wait, the first congressmen and senators were black and Republican? Hmm. Mm -hmm. They, they don't tell you that. You know, they don't fit the narrative. I just kept going online. I just kept going online. I was like, wait a minute. Like, I didn't know none of this. Like, they, I just thought, you know, Republicans were just completely racist. It's like, I didn't know none of this. I didn't know Republican Party was founded to end slavery. Like, that's not even yeah. taught in school. It's just... I didn't know. To add on to your point, when you know you you like to solve that problem, you hate seeing misinformation. It's also just you know it was the same with us. Just feeling really like this. It was all deceitful. Like we're all just leaded one way without a <clears throat> without really looking into the situation, and people were just going on full on emotion. Which got to us when we really looked into watching Uncle Tom. That's what kind of got mm -hmm. to me and Vanessa, and we looked through everything and. Uh, Obviously, we caught out a lot of hostility because of it. So that was that was more of our moment. And still now, even with this information that comes out with some shootings, and if it's blatantly on the other person, you know, we had a guy that ran at a police officer with a knife and people are still on his side, even though he ran towards a police officer. It's up to the point where that does just the facts just don't matter anymore. People are just defaulted to believe white cop, black guy, no matter what happens that white cop deserved it and it's yeah. sad and you know it's it's funny when you mention like you know growing up in the south and who your music influences were when it comes to like you know aerosmith and coldplay so like growing up i grew up in the projects and for me to listen to like bands like power man 5000 rob zombie and everything i was looked at very different and you know it was the same thing in my schools it's like one in five black like four and five four out of five black men end up in jail or incarcerated by the age of 21 and everything so i was just like damn i don't want that to be me and then my dumbass fell into the same system because you know what i was like, influenced by the people around me i want money fast i, I want to do these things like i want to have what i see these uh rappers that my friends are talking about because when you surround yourself with certain people that's all you're going to get but then when i started break up when i started hanging out with a, like a different type of group it was like, oh, you want to be white. It was like, no, I don't want to be white. These guys are Spanish, but yeah, but they listen to white people music. It's like, what is really white people music? It's like, it's all the same. It's just like, if you listen to rap music, it's talking about 
problems and struggles. This is like like this Tupac. Tupac, he had he spoke about his struggles. You listen to uh, some a band like a uh, System of a Down. It's talking about the government and how it oh how the government wants to oppress us, and that whole thing right there is like, what is really going like? What's the truth? I never I've been anti-government for the longest, and when people hear that I don't vote, they say that I'm the reason black people can't prosper. And I was like, how is it my fault? I want to tackle off of that actually because, you know, I'm very critical about issues within Black America. You know, like there's high fatherless homes, high STD rates. You know, it, there's a lot of problems. Um, but what do you think it will take for people to actually say, okay, this is a problem. We need to acknowledge it. We need to fix it. It's not all the white man's fault. Like, what do you think needs to happen? Because I think that the stats alone should be enough of a wake up call. You know, we have. People like you that are, uh, you know, trying to infiltrate the culture. So what else should we be doing? I always tell people, you know, if you take care of your family, then take care of your neighbor or your friend. I mean, the world will be good. Right. So it's like, right. you no, know, each one sees one type things like so. I've taken to my own hands too to recognize when I can help someone immediately around me versus trying to help somebody way across the world. Right. And the same thing with the, in any any um, movement. Right. George Floyd. There's plenty of George Floyds in like Chicago, but no one's marching for them because they don't get any clout for it. So they'll go all the way down there and, and march with George Floyd to be part of that movement and get all this clout. But they don't really care about people losing their life. They just care about the spotlight. And that's why I try to make sure that my true um, movement or my true uh, motivation comes from the fact that I truly want to see change, not just because I want to do it for some, some clout chasing. But uh, as far as that I would say just being us being more visible and the people that's on the opposite side being more receptive or more cognitive of things, right? So when I say that is why hasn't the RNC or anybody that's really big Republicans really been pushing hip hop artists? I mean, you think about it, right? They the only time they really reposted Bryson is when he did something called, you know, Trump. Like it had to be a Trump song. It never yeah. was something truly about calling out some of the bad behaviors we, we recognize within the communities or our culture, um, those type of things. It's only like political. So it's like you guys are missing out big time because hip hop is number one genre in America for a reason. And if you continue to ignore that, then the people that listen to hip hop are going to think that you don't like hip hop. So if you don't like hip hop, you don't like us type thing. And that's why I do what I do, because I want people to know. It's no, no conservatism or the values that we have. It's, it's, no, it's faceless. It's raceless. It's, anybody can do these type of things and create wealth, uh, generational wealth, um, and break free from the cycle of poverty that um, many black people are, are akin to. So it's like, we can do this thing. And that's why I try to be transparent with what I do and how I do it so people can follow my footsteps. Um, and, you know, they're going to question what I do anyway, regardless. It is what it is because they can't stand me. But I can't really force nobody to change their mind. If we could force or pass any law to legislate, you know, hate or anything else, it would have been passed. <laughs> but right. but we can't, you know. Um, so all we can do is just try to be the best version of ourselves and, and try to help the next man. 100% agree with you when you say, to, you know, we got to teach. We got to start with our, with, our, with our circles and then, you know our our families and friends and then hopefully they'll start spreading because it it's like it's like 
this person knows and the information carries on. Uh, before we went live, you were you were you were talking about the how um AOC she came out and she was saying that uh she kind of just blamed the like media coverage of like the the border border holding areas as a uh, it's a new it's white supremacy and something like she did like a whole speech like saying like oh uh they use a uh, military tactics and words like you know the insurgents and like and infiltration you know how you feel that when the narrative is being switched because when it was trump administration it was i'm crying in front of this gate and now that it's biting it's her it's the democrat administration it's oh it's not like that how do you feel about like you know politics doing that whole flip-flop to fit narratives and push agendas feel like most people um i feel like we all are sick and tired of it i'm just be real i think we're just sick and tired we just want the truth but the problem is they control it the solution is we gain back some of that ownership and the only way to gain back some of that ownership is by creating our own um, avenues creating our own businesses and just being you know once again the, the biggest marketing tool to any person is the warm market so word of word of word i mean word of mouth word of mouth is the biggest tool out there so we got to continue the conversation, like I said, between amongst each other and, and just try to. I try to uh, when, when things like that happen, I try my best to show um, like I think someone made a video with previous AOC and now the now AOC talking about the border crisis. So try to show people the difference in their behavior so they can kind of recognize it themselves, because, you know, Sean King even admitted <laughs> that. You know, there have, there's been a, a very big silence, no outcrying about what's going on at the border versus when Trump was in office. So you have people like that from time to time that do um, kind of raise the question, but they don't really go too far because once again, if you solve racism or well, you won't ever solve it, but if you solve, if you empower people individually and tell them they, you know, tell them they're not oppressed or show them they're not oppressed or how to overcome oppression, then those people lose their jobs. So they're not going to free you up too much. You know, um, if you heal every patient, then the, the hospital cannot sustain itself. Right. All right. they try to do is, pat, you know, patch you up enough to where you can go back to work, but come back so they can heal you and stay in operation. So the same thing with, with people like Sean King is they give you a little bit, but then they keep a lot back because they want you coming back for more. and They don't want to lose their status, which is you know kind of sad. First of all, I don't think you should build your life off politics. I think that's just more of a modern thing anyway. Like, I don't think back in the day, way back in the 1800s, Abraham Lincoln was like, yep, I'm just a politician. <laughs> I'm pretty yeah. sure he was still <laughs> going around doing his thing, you know, being a lawyer and all that stuff. I'm, I'm sure that's still what you do. And I feel like that's what we need to get back to. But, you know, when you prop people up like that, you know, corruption, um, it, it becomes a point. And this is why I don't really want to run for office. So, so many people have asked me to run for office. But when you get that position, in the beginning, you may have been genuine. You may have been the, 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 the true article that really wanted to help the people. But once you get there and you get you a house and you get you a salary and you get your family into a certain school and certain district, you want to maintain that, right? Regardless, you want to maintain that. So you start to kind of, you know, backslide or kind of bend on a lot of things that you said you never would. So you don't really upset too many people. Because you want to maintain maintain the lifestyle that you created based on that, so that's why I don't want to really get in politics. And then I, once again, I may make those tough decisions to kind of go back because I, you know, I'm sure my wife will be in my ear like, "Hey, you better not, <laughs> don't fuck this up, us. You, you better not. We just bought that. You better not. 
no. and then I'm over here like, you know, you know, happy wife, happy life type thing. So, yeah, I feel like that's where people, you know, become a little bit corrupted to get it twisted. But, you know, it's just one of those things, man. Uh, I just I just wish people would be more interested in knowing politics because, well, for, I'm going to put it like this. The reason why I got involved early is because, I keep saying because, I got to stop saying that. What's another word? Due to the fact that when I was young, <laughs> once again, I had a lot of questions for God, right? I just had a lot of questions. It's like, I'm in Kill Michael, Mississippi. Population on the last census is 600 people. I'm in Kill Michael, Mississippi. No stoplights, no nothing in this town. Growing up in this poverty, you know, stricken or whatever, written house, nothing going on. Why am I born in this situation? I'm out here in the woods. I'm not even in the city where I can run around with my friends. I couldn't. My closest neighbor was like a mile or two down the road. Like, that was, that's where we were, off in the boonies. And we ain't talking like a road where you can walk confidently and safely. Like, if you go 500 yards down the wrong way, you got wolves on your back. So I'm just like, why am I in this situation? So I used to get very frustrated. And I used to get mad at my mom, too, because I would see how wasteful she was with her money. Like, she would say, we ain't got no money for you going on this trip. For school, and then I'd be like, but you just spent $500 on alcohol, mm-hmm. right? So it's like, yeah. but you don't need that. So things like that kind of woke me up and said, okay, um, there's some certain things that allow people to keep up a bad behavior. And uh, and so I had to learn why that was a thing, what law it was, and who passed that law. So because of those type of things, or policies, whatever you want to put it, but because of that, I, I started getting involved in politics, and that's when I realized, like, dang, you know, Democrats have been, they've been just pooping on, pooping on black <laughs> they've, been, they've been bamboozling us. You know what I'm saying? Like, man. Uh, you, you know what yeah. blows my mind is, um, is, you know, about Democrats. Growing up, I never questioned why such a large percentage of black folks voted Democrat. Like, it was just like, it was like a business as usual, you know? Why do you think that people are so desperate for that or so desperate for... I guess I should tackle this on. Uh, I find that there's a lot of victimhood that's going around. Uh, Why do you think that is? It pays. (laughs) Well, I mean, from the perspective of like a black person (laughs) wanting to keep voting for the same people or a black person wanting to marketing, 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 marketing. marketing. I'm I'm telling I've said this for the longest marketing. Democrats have marketing on lock, especially with like movements like Black Lives Matter. They knew it wasn't about Black Lives Matter, but they also knew that if you make it about that statement, which they could have literally said stop police brutality, they could have been the name of the movement, but they didn't want to do that. Right. They made it Black Lives Matter. So if you're not part of the movement, then all of a sudden you're racist because you don't care about black people. Right. So they've always had this great way of marketing. And what we've done on the right side or Republicans, we've sucked at it or we just don't care. It's like at some point, guys. You got a market like they the, the Democrats bring in celebrities. They fuck out all the money they can to get those people. They get them involved in Grammy Awards, get them talking on it, just everything. But Republicans just like, nope, we ain't going to do that. Um, we're going to have these big parties, though, that most people can't attend because it costs money. But regardless, you know, it's just we got to do better. And that's why I feel like um, music is the, the the easiest way to infiltrate, I feel like. But one of the most important. Um, so I try to get the message out that way. But yes, yeah, it's, it's marketing. I want to ask real quick, just just because we're still on music, want to kind of piggyback off of um, what Della asked you about with the narrative. 
how you hate that it changes is because it's obvious that one side has a lot more control of information, media, entertainment, basically everything. And what, what comes with that is a lot of censorship, which is why we see a lot of misinformation. So do you think censorship that we're seeing right now will eventually shift? You know, for example, our youth will glorify stripper culture and devil fetish and, vid and music videos, but talking about loving your country is going too far. So yeah. after what we've experienced with you, I know you said word of mouth is one of the ways that we can get in there. Music's a way to infiltrate, but now even you're being censored yourself. So do you think that there should, that there eventually will be a shift in that? Yeah, I'm very hopeful because once again, you know, it's really a, a okay, let's, let's think about this, break this down numerically. All right. I think I looked at, I forgot what it was, but conservatives are having kids at 1.5 times the rate as liberals or leftists. So mm -hmm. we're actually going to overpopulate them because one, we don't really believe in abortion like that. Right. So that's one thing off the back. Um, and in those in traditional families and all those type of things, so we tend to have more kids, especially we more we tend to be a little bit more religious. And of course, if you practice Catholicism, then you already know you're gonna have a whole baseball team. So, <laughs> because of this, we actually outpace them, and if we stay on core and we stick to who we are and and don't give up. I feel like it's not that conservative. Conservatives have just been comfortable, right? It's just been, it's not that if we would have been fighting back before now, like 10 years ago, we wouldn't be in this situation. But we've just been kind of like, oh, it's cool. You know, if it makes you happy, yeah, it's fine. I'm still doing my thing. It'll never get that bad. A couple mm -hmm. years later, ah, oh, it's, well, my life still ain't that bad. So, you know, cool, all right? And then now you came and, you know, wear an American flag to school because it's considered, you know, intimidation and hate. Wait, what? Um, yeah, in California, a kid really got in trouble for wearing an American he, flag. So, yeah, because he, <laughs> I think the school had a lot of like um, immigrants from Mexico or something like that, Hispanics or something like that. Well, I forgot what it was, but, but they really he got in trouble for that because they considered hate speech. That's how that's how bad we we're getting in America. Oh, so what if so if question so if you were to wear American flag shorts or a bikini, would that be considered hate speech? Depend where you are, intimidation man. in California. <laughs> well, depend depend where you are, um, because they think that once again, patriot itself is considered white supremacy. All of a sudden, it's like, what are you talking about? Oh. Yeah, it's it's becoming there. Like everything that's, um, it's not even the status quo because it's not even the status quo. But anything that's not aligning with what they believe is part of white supremacy. It, so having pride for your country, and you know, yeah. a lot of you know. You know, uh, people immigrate over here because they want to build the American dream and have they have pride in this country. Did what did they change the word to now? What's the new word? Is it a new word? No, that, I, I because have no idea. <laughs> it's just like, as I'm a vet, you're a vet. Um, was 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 the military the best experience? Has its goods and bads. I still, I I'll listen. If you want to take a knee for the for the anthem. That's that's your prerogative. Listen, I'm not gonna tell you. I'm not gonna call you names. That's whatever. I'll salute. I'll do all that. But for then you to say being a patriot is the new hate speech. So what word do these people want to come up with to show pride in your country? Or do you just hate the country so much? If you hate the country so much, why don't you go to one of these other ones where it's a little more yeah. for yeah. you? 
Yeah, I mean, if you notice, a lot of anti-American rhetoric is a, is more mainstream than loving yeah. your your country. Any you will have talk show hosts talk about how much America sucks, while they're a talk show host <laughs> <laughs> thriving <laughs> off of living in America. And you'll you you know you'll hear all this type of rhetoric rhetoric from celebrities, which is to me more damaging than anything. But it seems to be more of a trend too. And for people wanting to be cool, like yeah, America sucks. It has all these issues. It has all that issues. And it's like yeah, while you're thriving off living in America, capitalism sucks. All this happens, and then it's just like yeah, you're using the iPhone right now, so it doesn't make any sense either to <laughs> to use on TikTok. So you're I, you're hating the very things you're thriving off right now. I've said it before, like, listen, we, America sucks at times, but we got too much freedom. We got way too much freedom to do the shit that they're getting away with. That's what's one of the problems. We gave people way too much fucking freedom, <laughs> and some of that shit need to come back. And we got to take some of that shit away. Because when you <laughs> wake up, I change, listen, you I won't pick cotton later. Like, that's bro, too much fucking freedom. Too much freedom. They're still gonna call you racist. <laughs> <laughs> because just just think of it. Only in this country you could still have hate groups like the KKK or neo Nazis. Only in this country, you could sit there and say we have that. We could make hate groups, and we could make uh, Antifa. We could make we could make all these little groups. We could do all these things. We could say all these things. And we could uh, put our kids on hormone blockers at a young age. We could let our kids make a decision at the age of 10. We could, you know, we could do all this shit. But it's just never enough. We want much, much more. Like, what, like people come over here to escape what they don't have. And we're sitting here like... I think they just don't have a point of reference. Because I think, well, at least from my observation, a lot of people that are on this hate America train are younger. Or, yeah. you know, probably never left the country. Yep. Uh, are probably yep. just very bored, always consumed with social media, their little echo chamber on their phone. And I think it's just that they just don't have anything to say, okay, I actually have it good over here. People take that for granted. They should go visit like fucking Israel and North Korea and see how they fucking like it. Because oh, is it, which one's the bad one? South? No, no. Take them straight to where North. people are fleeing from. Take them over to Honduras. How about that? Ooh, let's, go Honduras. let's go to Honduras. So let's go yeah. right into the smack dab of this war on trucks. It's going down. I'll go, I'll go right where a lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of like immigrants from Mexico are trying to get away from. Let's go, let's go over there and live over there. See why yeah. they don't want to be there anymore. I, yeah. I just don't get it. So um, another observation I've been having recently, so um, I'm not religious, I'm not an atheist, but I do like, I pay attention to stuff. I'm very observant. I'm like a fly on the wall. And I've been noticing a lot of anti-God rhetoric, a lot of anti-Christianity rhetoric that's going along, uh, coinciding with the anti-patriot rhetoric. It, it's weird to me because... And so will you explain this perfectly because like, you know, God is embedded into uh, it, it, like this country was founded on it. Right. It's like you pledge allegiance to the flag under God. It's like it's it's a part of this country. And I've I can't imagine going to a different country where their main religion, whatever it is, uh, me demanding that they change it, you know, because that's just there. That's just what it is. Um, are you seeing, are you seeing what I'm seeing? I, am I right in my observation that it seems like there's a lot of animosity or towards that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, it's been happening for a while now and, 
which is like you said, weird, right? Pastors are being locked up for having churches open. You know, it's just stuff you got to start thinking about. It's like, really, America is locking up pastors? Like, like you said, it's built on you know, um, Christian Orthodox Christianity and those values. And now you're talking about the very same people who are being locked up. Like, if this doesn't raise, you know, questions or red flags in your mind, I don't know what it will. But uh, I also find it it's a specific attack on that religion specifically. You don't see into any anti-Muhammad messaging or anything going on, even though Muslims still agree that homophobia or, homo, you know, same-sex marriage and everything else is, is, you know, it's a sin. But you don't see people attacking Islam. You don't see people doing it, even though overseas where they practice it, they've been hung and thrown off buildings. But, you know, I digress. But you don't see that type of rhetoric here in America. And I, I feel like this is a specific attack on Christianity. And it may just be by design. You know, it may just be by default. Because, it once again, it's part of the culture. It's part of the structure of what makes America great. I saw that they're taking away Easter eggs or something. They're changing it. Like, it just oh, yeah. recently came out. They are because Easter eggs are too. Uh, it's it, they're trying to make it like something like neutral now. It's not no more Easter eggs because Easter is contributed with the respawn of Jesus or whatever. But um, it, they they're changing it. It's being changed. I, I I gotta find the article, but that is being changed. So, do you think? And if you think, and if you remember, they took away. They there's no more Merry Christmas or yeah. What they do? It's happy not Merry Christmas. Holidays? It's just Happy Holidays now. So it started with Happy Holidays. It started from Merry Christmas to Happy Holidays. Now change of Easter. What do you think is next? Because we got Good Friday coming up this Friday. Do you think it's going to start going down the line with all like... Like um, Good Saturday or something? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, like, they're going to take away like a lot of um, like American, like, you know, American religion things like Ash Wednesday. You know, Ash Wednesday... Are they going to start changing that? Yeah. Um, nah. So as far as the happy holidays, I'm not as upset because I understand, right? I, I know Hebrews, I understand the culture. So there are some Jewish holidays around the same time as Christmas. There are some, um, you know, uh, some, uh, some just other holidays around that time. So instead of saying Merry Christmas, people want to make sure, like, to kind of respect everybody's religion. Because once, once you know, we can agree to disagree, but officially there's no one nation religion in America. Like Christianity is not like the religion. So we can't continue to just push that one and adhere to the Constitution or adhere to our laws. So I agree with that aspect. And, and um, to be to be frank, I don't think you should force any of anyone to go to the forefront. But I also don't think you should banish one either. Right. If one just naturally leads to the front, then, yeah, it just naturally gets there. I think that's how it should be. Fortunately, I feel that that was Christianity. But people felt like people was more endorsing that and pushing it forward versus that naturally being there. And that's why they started to attack just religion and religion in general. But um, no, I don't I don't see it taking away holidays because a lot of people like the time off. I'm gonna be real with you. Like you yeah. get two weeks, you get two weeks for Christmas. You know what I'm saying? Like a lot of places you do, specifically schools. Um, so I don't see it um being taken away, but I will say celebration probably may change or how people celebrate it. But I've never been invited to do anything with Ramadan. But if my friends invited me, I would go eat and have a blast. I don't care. It's like, I'm here for the food and a good time. Not a long time. I This is what I'm here for. So You don't think they <laughs> would try to come after, yeah. like, like 4th of July? Because it's... Oh, because they're they already right trying to, to represent bro, patriotism. They're already there. They're already there. They said 
They're already trying to say we can't celebrate Fourth of July this year. First of all, they, they did it last year. You remember, um, Colin Kaepernick and everybody was protesting Fourth of July because you know, you know, we weren't free back then. So why are we celebrating Fourth of July? So everybody was kind of like not trying to celebrate because they kind of painted it as part of white supremacy once again. So they keep painting the very foundation, even though once the first person to own a slave for life was a black person in America. He sued for the rights to own a slave. Wow. But no one cares. It, it was yeah, not a white man. It don't fit the narrative. It was not a white man. And that's what makes me upset. You know, so many people are like, you know, slavery and how we treat people, that's all white people. I'm like, bro, if you go to Africa right now, there's not me and people in slavery. What yeah. are you talking about? Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with the white man. They, we, matter of fact, when we was brought over here, we were sold from slavery. Slavery is not something unique to colonialism it's it's just not it's been part of the world since the foundation the the stronger group conquers the smaller group because you need worker bees and nobody wants to be the worker bees so 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 you go get other people so they can work and you can chill and relax and enjoy the benefits of the labor that's that's how it always has been so when people bring this stuff up i'm like please stop the stupidity and we don't have what is going to unite us if we have nothing to unite us? The flag unites us. The national anthem unites us. All these things. We take these moments to respect, render respect to the people that died before us, but all the greatness this country has done. And then when you take away that, then what What do we have? You know, I, And everyone is trying to destroy America. But like, what are you going to replace it with? What, what does that look like? Because no one's talking about how that look. They're just saying we need to get rid of it. Right. I want to know how that look. <laughs> it's all divide and conquer. It's just setting, separating us just into groups. You know, if we were to unify, it'd be overwhelming and we would actually be together to work together on things. I'm, one side does definitely work on identity politics a lot more and they need things grouped. So <laughs> people don't know what's really going on, at least in my opinion. The more ignorant people are when they keep labeling them themselves, if they keep themselves in groups and not unifying, that's why we'll never be on the same page. And Isn't that how the Hunger Games started? <laughs> if you think about it, oh, actions. Oh, okay. You remember, me that's how yeah. it. Isn't that how it started? I don't remember. But like everybody had different districts. Is that what's gonna happen to us eventually? It where, might. <laughs> with the rich, the rich people, everybody that's like, I'm not dealing with this. Is gonna be in the higher district, and anybody who's like, we're just gonna stay to ourselves. Yeah, gonna stay in this district. Choose the the champions of each district. <laughs> <laughs> probably, probably. And you know who's right, gonna right. win? Get you know who's gonna win? The higher district's gonna win because I don't see nothing coming from the lower district. They they could they could be tough on the internet, but when it comes to face to face, it's mm, violence. You can't do yeah. ca- cancer culture in person. I'm just saying. I think this is we're going. We're heading towards the path of the Hunger Games because they want to get rid of America to replace it. It's going to be districts. This is going to be broken up. Bam, bam, bam. How you guys feel with every white person coming out saying, "Oh, this is white supremacy. This is white supremacy." Like most recently, a lady came out and said, "Band Aids." Oh yes, is an act of white supremacy. So, do you think it's just going? Everybody's going to look at everything. I'm like, uh, oh, the PlayStation Five controller is white because of white supremacy. This is it's called white claw. I actually got white a white supremacy. control. I don't have a black one. <laughs> see, see, it's like there. white supremacy. White it's like, <laughs> because I'll hand it, man. I, I don't know. Like, I feel like people just going around looking at every little thing, like, oh, that is this is oh Freddy Cougar represents white supremacy because blah 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 blah. And like, do you think that like, people just gonna constantly just look for something and go, I could probably get a lot of clicks for this? So I'm gonna say it's white supremacy, it's a trigger word, and people gonna go. They might be right. 
Yeah, you, because it's, think... nothing's there, so they reach for other things. If there's no racism, they're going to create racism. If there's no white supremacy that's going around, they're going to create it in any which way. I can't tell if it's a mixture of just wanting clout, wanting it to be inclusive, or them being brainwashed, because this, this whole... I was never called a white supremacist <laughs> like six months ago. That would have never, I would have never heard that. And I find that that is the most common insult that I'm hearing now is you're a black white supremacist or you're anti-black or whatever. Multicultural I, white supremacist. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Cause that makes sense. All those attacks like white supremacist and Nazi is just becoming, is losing its meaning. So do you think there's anything that's going to actually change that? You think, oh, it's just going to be like a buzzword to trigger people and people are just going to go, oh, I agree with you. This person is a white supremacist because these are all white supremacist talking points. I don't know why it's white supremacist talking point because this person said they have white supremacist, white supremacist talking points and they have a check mark. I need to listen to them. They're saying that Christianity is white supremacist. I didn't know. That I was like, you do know <laughs> Jesus was grew up in Africa, right? That doesn't fit the narrative. You know, the narrative. I just want people to know that Jesus fled to Africa. <laughs> just, just put that on the mic. It started in Africa and went up. That's where Christianity, you know, took birth and it spread. But anyway, just, just put that out there. I had someone tell me that a conservative talking point is that bringing up, you know, black on black crime and the high rate of it. It's like, no, it's it's not a conservative talking point. It's a point. It's a fact. We have a higher black on black crime than any other race. I mean, not black. We have a higher crime rate against ourselves than any other race. And if we're going to talk white supremacy, you would think they would be the main ones murdering us. If if someone's telling me like, Tofu, you got to watch out. Them white people going to get you, boy. So, okay. <laughs> now walk out here and freaking Tyrone <laughs> takes my hoodie <laughs> off my back. And, and then Markel comes up and shoots me in the leg. But then I'd be like, darn it, white supremacy. I knew you guys were out here doing something like, that's not what happening. I understand, yes, have people used that to kind of not solve some issues? Sure, they've kind of brushed it off. But at the end of the day, it's still a fact. So what I've said, the solution to that is, if we clean that up, they can't use that anymore. You won't even hear it anymore. You can't use something as a talking point if it's not a talking point. You right. can't say, well, it's because you live off the government or it's because you don't know how to raise your kids. They're probably right. 75% of black children are born out of wedlock, single parent homes. So they probably are right that, you know, we're not being raised correctly. But if that was lower, like it was, you know, I don't know, 1950s, 1960s, they probably wouldn't have that talking point. So we got to stop all this. If you want to eliminate stereotypes, you have to eliminate the stereotype. Right. You know, if you, this whole, right. this whole thing about, you know, white people do crime at the same, or smoke drugs or do drugs at the same rate as black people, but black people more likely to be arrested. That's because of the behavior of the people using drugs. I, I kid you not. Anytime I'm driving down the highway or to the road or in a store, I don't smell weed on white people. I know they smoke it, but you don't smell weed on them. You smell it on black people. <laughs> it's actually I'm a, telling you it's black. An accurate observation. I, I don't uh, Wait a minute. I, <laughs> so, so if that's the case, then you're more likely to be searched in question my officer which means you have a higher rate of being arrested i don't know if you know this or not but there's a distinct smell to marijuana <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i don't know if you know this or not. maybe they don't know this maybe they need to you know have a, a test done but there's a distinct smell that even when you're driving down the road i can smell it driving behind you <laughs> when you're smoking it it's that potent so stop playing dumb it's not because you're black it's because you're smoking weed where it is legal 
Stop smoking weed when it's illegal. You know, so those type of things. But they want to blame it just because we're black. It's like, no, your behavior is whack. Same thing with uh, black people are more likely to be searched in their car vehicles versus white people. Yeah. But also black people, like, I forgot what the percentage was. Like, it was some astronomical, astronomical number. But I think, like, 25 to 40% of black people don't have their license on them or insurance. Yeah. What? I did yeah. not know. What? When they search vehicles. So because of something like that, you're more likely to be searched because you don't have any identification. So they're searching black people more, not because we're black, because we don't have our stuff together. Black people, get your stuff together. Same thing with this voter suppression. I've had a freaking driver license since I was 15 and a half. I was going to say that, like that statistic that you gave about the license in the car. Is that why Biden thinks black people don't know how to get IDs? Because <laughs> I've had an ID since I was really young. No, or, or expired tags. It was so expired tags is another thing they tend to pull people over for. For some reason, I, I, I've witnessed this. I saw a black girl. She was speeding down the road. First of all, she's speeding. Second of all, her life, her tag said expired in 2018. It's 2020. <laughs> no hope. Well, like, what do you what do you want? Like these are not just things in place to suppress people. These are things in place to make sure everything's good. If you can't maintain, I always tell people you can acquire all the things you want. That's easy. But maintaining something is the difficult part. So we got to teach these people, stop trying to acquire clothes because you can't keep up their lifestyle. Stop trying to get this expensive car because you can't maintain the, the maintenance on it because it's super expensive. So that's why I try to be smarter with what I do, and especially financially, um, to the point that I'll probably be debt-free by the end of this year. But it's been something I've been working toward for years, not something that happened overnight. I did it the hard way. Yes, I didn't sell drugs. Sorry, I'm not like these other rappers who SoundCloud rappers got 20,000 streams, but a million dollars flashing in the camera. Like, I don't know how that works. Like, I wasn't on a one. I think Redman brought it up himself. It's like, I don't know where all these young rappers getting this money from. <laughs> I, I can tell you where they getting this money from. <laughs> And it's not something legal, but this is what they do. And once again, we're putting, we're making these, putting these fronts up that are attracting us because we don't understand uh, the importance of delayed gratification. Um, social media doesn't give us the delayed gratification because it's instant. Um, it doesn't tell the whole picture. So everything that we have going on is is nulling our our ability to wait. So we just gotta be a little bit more patient and. And patient, and that's why I try to show people, like, once again, through what I do. Like, yeah. look, I've been doing this YouTube thing or been doing this music thing for 20 years. I'm just now, you know, cracking the, you know, soul to where I could be a full-time artist. But, you know, that's that's what it takes sometimes. Or some, you may get lucky and you do a hit song like Old Town Road, you know, and boom, it takes off. You know, even though you want to talk about horses. Or you were talking about who well, I don't know. We'll get into that later, but yeah, it's 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 funny now that you know you're saying that like you know being patient and waiting. Like there's this whole thing now with uh, it's harder for black YouTubers to grow. It somebody said I don't know where this number came from, but they said it takes five to ten years for a black YouTuber to be successful. And I'm like, where did this fucking number come from? Like. That's not true because if you look at like some of the old school black YouTubers, there's a lot of like Swoozy, Amazing Lucas, uh, yourself. God, I mean, is like once you put yeah. the work into it, you're gonna prosper. If you're not putting no work into it, if you're not promoting your shit, then who's gonna watch it? Like YouTube, it's, it's a, it's a, yeah, it's, it's I, a, I know, bro. 
they they have to say this once again. They can't be the problem. If they are the problem, then they have to face that reality. Right. No one wants to face that reality. So they'd rather just say it's because I'm black. It's like, no, it's not because you're black. Even with me facing like legit censorship, I'm still making good good headway. Right. Yeah. So if you are, you know, you have like celebrities and everybody endorsing you, like how much more do you need for America to be like here? Right. Be great. And you still can't be great. I mean, I don't that at that point, it's nobody else but you. So I don't know, just just excuses, man. I, I tell people that all the time too. Like, go ahead, Gaffes. No, I was going to say, because I, you know, this type of criticism that, you know, you just said, people will look at that and say, oh, that's anti-black or, or you know, a white supremacist talking point. And I can I can hear what you say and I know what my intentions are and I want to help people. And I think that tough love is part of that. I find it a coincidence that people, you know, like you both try to encourage people and uplift people, but then get called grifters. But then people who keep telling people they're oppressed and that things are harder for them aren't looked at as that. It's yeah. like you talk about unifying and having accountability within the black community, but it's like, oh, you're just grifting. It's like, no, I'm trying to tell you you're better than this. But then mm. we have people out here that make a career off telling you that you're oppressed and that life is going to be harder for you because you have a shadow white man behind you. But they're the ones telling, <laughs> telling you both that you're grifters. I just, I find that so, so odd. It's like, oh, you're making money off uplifting people it's like you're making money off oppressing people it's weird. i listen <laughs> i've all my like, opportunities i got in life was through the white man the white man said yo you want an opportunity here it is i could have said no he's like here's the opportunity i was like all right let me take it ran with it white man was like yo you doing good keep on doing it all right white man you gonna give me some more money white man said yeah and i kept going and going going it's a mess yes the white man the white man didn't hold me down the white man was trying to help me he was like yo I heard your people struggling, so let me give you a hand. Why is it that we can't keep constantly keep doing that without? It's like, yo, I got an opportunity. Let me show you how we got done. This is what I. This is the steps I went through. Did it suck? Yeah, it suck. I had to fucking do jobs I want to do, get a shit pay starting, but I kept pushing. You can't. People like to sit there and complain, like, oh, I can't do this and this and this. It's like, okay, so why? Well, because these things. It's like, all right, focus on what you can't control. You could get a nice job if you just gotta keep. Looking, you can't sit there and say, I can't get a good job. Are you looking? Are you willing to take that job that's willing to start you like a little less pay, but it pays off in the long run? Like, you know, what I mean, people say, I don't want to leave my job because they're going to start me. Like, I'm going to lose, I'm going to take a salary cut. Okay. Are you getting the opportunity to grow after the time, especially if it's like an entry level? People think out of college, you're supposed to come and start making 60K. That's not always the case. That's what they've been sold, though. They've been sold, yeah. like, come, come get this degree and you're going to get this job. Like, eventually, after years of this happening, some people have, have to have woken up and said, you know what? They're lying to me. Like, this, I hope so. This is, this is just not worth it. Um, and when you speaking of grifters, I was like, it, it reminds me of the Derek Jackson situation. Um, you know, <laughs> confirmation bias is strong. And that's mm. what he did. He just confirmed biases about men that were tr not just not true or may have been extremely exaggerated by default, exalting the women of their own um responsibility when it came to failed relationships and once once again and now that the truth came out about what he was doing while doing saying one thing while doing another and now all the women like 
I can't believe it. <laughs> so <laughs> that's what's going to happen. People are going to keep doing this. Sean King, all these other folks going to keep doing this. And then people are going to realize, wait, wait a minute. You just you just flipped, you know, or I'm starting to see see some a pattern here. It's almost like when people realize Bernie had like three homes and it's like, wait a minute, Bernie, you like socialist. Like I thought you was about giving money to people. Why do you have three homes, Bernie? <laughs> so those are the type of things people are going to realize and it get there. But the thing yeah. is, we got to be in place for when that happens. Be kind of like, okay, I know you're in shock. I get that. Listen, listen, listen. I know you're in shock. But here's uh, Candace Owens, blackout. Here is uh, Thomas Sowell, uh, white redneck. These and are white liberal. supremacist <laughs> stuff. We don't want to read it. <laughs> you know, just just go over here and just read a little bit of this, and you you'll be great. I'm, I'm telling you, you'll be just fine, and it will all make sense. You know, we just gotta be there. You know, um, you know, they say the uh, I'm gonna say the um, the harvest planting, the labors a few. There's plenty, plenty of people out here that need to be woken up. And unfortunately, it's not too many people willing to put their life on the line. Like what I do, what Gothics do, what you guys are doing, putting your face and your name and stuff out there, um, as a risk, right? It can it, it can prevent you from getting future employment um, or make you lose the employment you already have, prevent you from getting certain deals, deals and sponsorships. But we're willing to take that risk because it's just that important to us. And I appreciate that. I appreciate people willing to do that because we need more of that. Same, same. I think that if more people start speaking up, it, it's just a matter of time because I'm already seeing the shift. Uh, I've gotten some comments of people saying, oh, you made me think about things differently. So I, I have faith that it's it's going to happen. We just got to be a little patient, uh, but I'm not I patient. Don't. So <laughs> I have zero faith in humanity. OK, well, that's None. terrible. Uh, you're not in, you're not invited to the club. <laughs> Um, so I got, we got to wrap it up, but I do got a a question for you that I missed over here when we were talking about your music. Um, do you believe that, uh, someone's mindset is shaped depending on what type of content they consume? Absolutely. I'm, you know, you know, the Bible says that the eyes and ears are the gateway to the soul. I believe that wholeheartedly because, you know, especially kids. You can tell a kid not to do something a hundred times. And I, I was that kid, but they're going to do what you do, regardless of what you say. You can try to tell them, hey, don't do that. And then as soon as you know, I don't know why they're cussing. I tell them not to cuss all the time because you're over there cussing people out every time you're around them. You know, you're twerking in front of this and doing that. So this behavior is going to be repeated. It's, it's just part of human nature, especially in the learning process. So if you're consuming certain things that are, you know, implanting thoughts on your head, regardless of what you believe or not, specifically violent content. Yeah, it may be reality for some, but it don't mean it be to be reality for everybody else. You know, like, yeah, it may be a reality for people that's in, you know, the, the heart of Chicago, you know, gang, gang related activity. But little Timmy, who's in the suburbs over here and, um, you know, Marietta, Georgia, he don't know nothing about gang culture. And for him to be all excited about it, it, it doesn't help him at all. So that's why I say we need a diversity in music. So I'm not, I'm not saying they can't make that type of music. What I'm saying is the entire industry shouldn't be made up of artists that come from that type of lifestyle because it's just not true. It's not even statistically possible. So it's like we got to do better and we got to try to mix it up. And that's what we're trying to do. We know we're being pushed out, but we're fighting against it regardless. And that's why independent is the way to go. And of course, they hate us for doing that. You know, they, they hate us because... Once again, what we tell people and what we encourage people through our music to do is 
be empowered. Like I, I don't, I, I hate seeing people downtrodden. I, I just hate it. I don't want to see you homeless. I don't want to see you divorced. I don't want to see you having marital problems. I don't want to see you can't, you know, separated from your kids. I don't want to see you strung out on drugs. That's no, that's very sad for me to see. I want to see you living, having a good time, um, going out there, those things you always wanted to do. Um, and, and just take advantage of just every breath you have been on this earth. That's what I want to see. And that's why I try to put in my music. And a lot of the things I talk about encourages that, right? And I'm not just speaking from, you know, just off the top of my head or out the side of my neck. I've been there. I've been the guy who was hard-headed or who worked at a movie theater that had two jobs, busting my tail, trying to take care of this, you know, and I've been there. But now, because of me being a, a great steward of my fa- finances and and just being smart about what decisions and what sacrifices to make, whether that's with friends. I know I'm probably the most born friend most people have, but when they need money, I'm the first one they call, right? <laughs> 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 they won't call me for a party because I'm going to say no or something like that. It's like, well, what you doing? Well, I got this. You know, I'm doing that. But when they need money or they need prayer or something like that, they know who to call. And that's to me, shows that when it matters, conservatives are essential workers. I like that. Yeah. I like that. So. All right. All right, guys. Uh, so we're going to wrap it up. This has been an awesome discussion. Uh, thank you so much, Topher, for joining us. Do you have any upcoming projects you're working on? Well, Space Force is going to do, a, I don't know, my group Space Force, you know, comprises of um, the Marine Rapper, D-Cure, me, we're all veterans, um, and we're all hip-hop artists, and we decided to come up with Space Force back in 2018, um, before the actual Space Force was... Uh, I guess know, I was confused. I was like, wait a minute. So just, just <laughs> is he, is he we were doing this right before now? you know it just so happened to be coincide with the same thing um but uh yeah so we got a project that we're gonna probably put out here around june um beginning of june i'm probably about to start doing some shows I'm trying to find some venues some of the stuff i picked out is stupid expensive and yeah i'm just like yeah i ain't balling like that just give me like a a tent outside or something like that. We'll, we'll, we'll start small. You make it work. <laughs> Give me a PA system, just PA system and a mic. We good. Uh, so I got to figure that out. But yeah, I'll, I'll probably start some shows here in May, June. Um, but for now, you guys can, you know, go stream. No apologies. It's available on my website if you want signed copies. Other than that, you can find it on any music platform. Um, yeah, just no apologies by Topher. Dope, dope. Thank you so much for joining us. Do yeah, you, we really you- appreciate this. I just want to say I, I really do appreciate what you do because you're one of the first people when we kind of had our awakening, just looking for people with logic and reasoning, rationality. You were one of the first people that I've seen. And to hear that to have you come on, it was it's an absolute pleasure. And just as what you say with us, what we're doing is important. It's detrimental what you're doing too. So just thanks a lot because, you know, you're one of the reasons why we're even doing what we're doing. Appreciate that. Yeah, and I remember you with the uh, Santa hat. I kind of miss it. <laughs> what was hey, the deal with that, by the way? What, what was that for? Yeah, everyone, everyone keeps wondering, like, where <gasps> where is Blanda? You know. Um, but uh, yeah. So as far as that, it'll come back. Um, I told people the, the whole meaning behind me putting on the Santa hat back in July. We all hear that it must be Christmas in July. I think we've all heard that phrase growing up. I never knew what it meant. But my, my mom and my grandma passed last year and my auntie as well from, you know, not from COVID, but just 
my mom had grade four brain cancer and my grandma she was 92 like so so it's just you know just happened to all come together and i was kind of feeling you know the stress from being called uncle tom and you know sell out every day and and all those type of things and you know maybe i wasn't you know and then my job you know i worked on live run run i don't know if you ever heard of live run run but it's a kid cartoon on youtube but i worked i worked at a music label and we was kind of managing them and every episode i would always watch it with my mom so my work was kind of tied to my mom and i was kind of bored at work and you know you just don't want to do it anymore because it was a special thing we shared and I was just kind of feeling down. And I said, you know what? This ain't Topher. I got to do something to lift my spirits. And I wanted to do this, one, for myself, but to show people that you can have happiness whenever you want to have it. Like, you don't have to wait for someone to come, you know, bring joy into your life, but you can claim it every day. You, you so choose. And one of the days, one of my favorite holidays is Christmas. So I was like, bump it. The only reason why we only celebrate Christmas in you know in December is because we've told to. No one said we can't celebrate Christmas in July, right? No one said it. So I was like, let me celebrate Christmas in July. Oh, and you got a point. And it became a, a thing, you know. And um, so people loved it. Uh, and they said because of that, you know, once again had the whole election and, and everything that was going on. So a lot of people felt relieved and just to see me in a Santa hat still talking about, you know, um political stuff but it just kind of brought a easiness to it so I, whatever i could once again that was one of those guy giving like do this tofer this is something <laughs> that you could not have thought of or imagined so um like it's been fun and we made the whole blanda thing did photo shoots we'll probably bring blanda back for for july just for the heck of it but yeah it's it's part of me now I like that. That's 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 a really good way to turn a situation and make it. I, I love that. That's awesome. I fucks with it. Fucks with it. All right. <laughs> that's your nickname now. I don't Come make the on. rules. <laughs> Tie these names. <laughs> I'm being bullied. Oh, God. Okay. Thank you, everyone, for watching another episode of Subtweet This. Topher, thank you once again for joining us. Uh, hit that like and subscribe button, and we will see you in the next one. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. And be sure to check subtweetthis.com for bonus content.